Welcome to the Memory Hole Show, where we talk about interesting ideas, promote freedom, and push back against authoritarianism. I'm your host, Brian. What is up, everyone? Guess what this episode is? I can't believe it. This is my 100th episode. Yes, I said 100th episode. Boy, does time fly. I cannot believe it. Now, you know, I really do enjoy doing this podcast. It helps me, you know, keep my sanity in this clown world we currently live in. And one of the major reasons I started this podcast was to talk about ideas that I thought were either not talked about enough or talked about at all. I try to present ideas in a different way or simply I just want to make people aware of current ideas that are very poisonous. And I think it's just not something that's done much in our NPC society. People just don't think enough about the important issues, which is why so many fall into the preset tribes that keep society divided. And this is what intersectionality causes, division, which then leads to more and more concentrated power in the hands of the people that should least have it. So for those of you that have been listening since the beginning, when my episode quality was very, very, how shall I put this, raw and beginner, I thank you. Thanks for the support over the last couple of years. I hope I've been able to give you all something to think about, even if I don't always get things right. It's important to be able to be wrong when trying to tease out the truth. Okay, so for this week's episode, I'd like to cover a couple of videos that I saw recently posted by one of my favorite accounts, at govt underscore corrupt. Now, there's so many crazy videos to pick from lately, but this one is a recent video from the Canadian Green Party Deputy Leader Jonathan Pedno. I hope I pronounced that correctly, but for those that aren't familiar with the Green Party here in Canada, they're a full-blown socialist communist party. So the thing that Jonathan is talking about in this video is where the government should get money for its perpetual growth. Now, I apologize because the audio levels of this clip are quite low and I had to jack them up, but they're still not quite as loud as I'd like to, and I couldn't find a better source in time for the recording of this episode. Anyways, let's get started. There is money in this country, but it's poorly, it's poorly distributed. Okay, I'm going to stop it right there. What does he mean when he says it's poorly distributed? See, this statement gives you an insight into how he perceives what money is. Most people would think that if you go to work, you exchange your labor for money. And after you've worked, you get paid and the money belongs to you. So let me ask the question. In the scenario where you trade your labor for money, did you steal that money from someone else? Or was this a voluntary transaction between you and the person that wanted your labor and was willing to pay you for it with their own money? When Jonathan says the money is poorly distributed, first he denies that these were voluntary transactions. And second, he believes money should be distributed or, in this case, redistributed. As in, by some authority, not you, but some authority that gets to decide where money should righteously be given because politicians know what's best for you and your family. See, the fundamental difference between you and I and Jonathan is that Jonathan doesn't believe money belongs to you as a private individual. It belongs to the collective, and therefore it should be doled out to those they believe deserve it best. If we connect the dots of his ideas that money belongs to the collective rather than to you who earned it, then what he really means is that your labor belongs to the collective and not to you. 
Uh, we've been calling for many years for a guaranteed livable income. Now, I suggest you listen to my previous episodes about universal basic income, which goes over the trap that it really is. But notice how they're morphing the term. They're removing universal from the term universal basic income because they know it costs more than could ever be afforded. But they did add the word guaranteed, which implies something a little different. If you're guaranteed an income and you make enough money, you won't get the handout because you already have a livable income. So essentially, this is another vote buying welfare scheme. This is a great opportunity right now uh, that Canada has. We have, we've got the money. The money is there. Again, I love how he frames money. We've got the money. Not other people or private citizens have their own money, but we've got the money. Money and your labor, meaning you as a person, belongs to the collective in his view. The only problem he's having with all this is that he can't seem to take the money because of those pesky laws that prevent him from doing so that are in place still, at least at this time. So how does he justify the idea that he should be able to distribute money as he sees fit? Well, of course, classic tool by using envy. Rich people have too much money. And since money to Jonathan is a collective thing, those rich CEOs have greedily kept all the money or more than their fair share, of course, which is essentially saying that their hoarding habits have stolen it from you. He's trying to correct their theft and greediness. He's benign. He's, he's the good guy. Uh, we saw just a couple of days ago that CEOs in this country have already made in one day more than the average uh, Canadian salary, roughly $60,000 in one day, uh, with average uh, salaries that range around $15 million a year. That is a lot of money. Isn't envy baiting a great thing? Funny he didn't mention basketball players or other sports players. I guess they're okay to keep their money. But the point is, because it's a lot of money, they shouldn't be allowed to keep it. Why? Because he believes he has a better plan for it. But seriously, who should decide how much pay is too much? The people who give up the money to pay you or a politician that wants to rob you? It makes me wonder if I had a billion dollars to invest, I would invest it with someone like Elon Musk any day of the week rather than a politician. Politicians don't know how to build things. They only know how to take from people to give to other people so they can get votes and therefore power. In the case of Elon, look at all the things he's done with money. Now, you might agree or disagree with Elon, but taking money from him would prevent actual progress and advancements. And politicians, well, you know, they just know best. Uh, and money needs to be taxed and it needs to be redistributed. And what is redistribution? Well, it's theft. Theft from those that earn the money and given to those that didn't earn the money. It's theft any way you slice it. You can make it sound justified and noble. You can call it Robin Hood all you want. It won't change the fact that it's robbery. But when the government does it, oh, it's called taxes and it's for the benefit of everyone. Now the burden of, of that taxation cannot be on the middle class. It needs to be, and we'd love to see some courage and some determination from our liberal and NDP friends to actually go and get the money where it is and redistribute it. Oh, I think I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. Anyways, you know where the money is. It's through employment, sole proprietorship, investing. You can create it by adding value to someone else's life, but not to Jonathan. Jonathan simply wants to wait courageously by the finish line and rob the winners. 
He doesn't want to put in the labor hours to earn money. He doesn't want to take on the risk. He simply only shows up to take the winnings. That's not courage. That's laziness. And guess what happens to those rich CEOs when they see your Robin Hood ass coming up to rob you? They leave. The money that he claims is there won't be when the so-called rich see you coming. Then the remaining people, the new rich, end up being the middle class. Why? Because they couldn't afford to leave. So we're not talking about printing new money. We're talking about redistributing the wealth that currently exists in this, in this country. And it's not that they wouldn't print new money. They would. It's just that printing money is waking up too many people to what that printing does. It causes inflation and you lose purchasing power. So I think you can see how the socialist communists see money as a zero-sum game and it's collectively owned. There are no property rights in their worldview. Everything and everyone belongs to everyone, which really means to the state. Nothing can be yours, not even you. With this in mind, here's another video that shows the sentiment. I want to believe this is a parody, but uh, I suspect it's not. Many people think like this. Okay, so this old fellow rings his neighbor's blink doorbell, which recorded the whole incident, and has a complaint to make to his neighbor. Listen here. Hey, I live next door. I've got problems with the Wi-Fi. All right, so maybe he needs help setting up his Wi-Fi or something? No, 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 no. This is far more sinister. See, the old guy doesn't actually have his own Wi-Fi. So what could be the problem? Well, it's your Wi-Fi, isn't it? Well, I I've got problems with your Wi-Fi. What the hell? This took a weird turn. What problem could he possibly have with someone else's Wi-Fi? I mean, was the Wi-Fi name obscene or something? What could the problem be? You've put a password on it. Okay, so for those of you that are not getting it, that's because it's illogical. How long have I been here now? I've been here two years. I've happily used the Wi-Fi, and uh, now I see that you, you've uh, put a password on it, and I can't use it. I think you're being unreasonable. Boom. How entitled can you get? You've admitted to stealing somebody's Wi-Fi for two years. You haven't offered even a penny for it. And you have the gall to call the person you're robbing unreasonable. This is a mindset we see far too often nowadays. Like Jonathan wanting to redistribute other people's money, this guy believes that because he can steal something, he's entitled to steal it. And at his age, he should know better. I just don't get it. The critical thing is that we all need to push back against the ideas that everything in society is collectively owned. History teaches us over and over again how collectivist societies work out, that history is written in blood. If you want to talk cooperation amongst people, that's a different story. That's voluntary. But collectivism is different. It's coercive. It's for the greater good. But that greater good is not defined by you. Don't allow yourself to fall into the trap of the free ride because you will most certainly become the provider of somebody else's free ride. You'll be a cog in someone else's wheel. And that's why you need to speak up or you'll be memory hold.
All content from the MemoryHoleShow.com and the Memory Hole Show podcast is for the purpose of entertainment and presented solely as opinion.